0: Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website
1: and Facebook page. G'day and welcome to another edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast with thanks for the Committee for Wyndham. I'm Kevin Hillier and again today we head to Victoria University, though today we're heading to the Polytechnic. Details of who we're talking to in just a tick. But a reminder about uh, Vic University, the University of Opportunity and Success. they proved that over uh, over their existence, which is now, uh, you know, over 100 years. So they have been doing it for a while. They do know what they're doing. Uh, and the one thing about them that I think has, has struck us uh, during uh, doing these podcasts and talking to the people from the university and what you see uh, on their website and uh, all the other uh, places that you see Vic University is their innovation, is their change, is their uh, ability to, uh, to accept the future, Future and, and shape the future. Uh, they're a university where diversity is a strength. Uh, where they uh, have accessible education. Uh, they are looking to improve planetary health and creating healthier, more inclusive societies. They have an agenda and they work to it uh, very specifically. But uh, they're not they're not bound by it. They uh, they're open to ideas, and that's that's exactly what you want uh, from an organisation like Vic University. Today we go down a little different, uh, slightly different track, and to a, a slightly different area of the university. That's the Victoria University Polytechnic. And today meeting uh, Louise Robinson. Louise is the Executive Director of Industry and Growth. Let's find out exactly what that job entails.
0: That entails working with our people in poly as well as across the university to connect with our communities and industries to understand their skills needs and see if we can find students to fulfill those as well as to build new relationships with those industries and try and source jobs for students with into those industries.
1: Because I guess one of the things that's always been talked about is the fact that someone with a degree is, uh, you know, is, is saying, "Would you like fries with that?" As opposed to actually utilising the degree they spent so many years working for.
0: Look, well, that that could be the case. We provide a range of services to actually help our students. Um, come on professional and personal journey. Um, We also, in the poly where I'm located, we provide a range of services such as individual career advice and counselling, skills assessments. We help them with their resumes, cover letters, job search techniques to try and give them something extra in order to help them source the job that they want.
1: Louise, oh, just explain uh, in layman's terms, What is there a difference between Victoria University and Victoria University Polytechnic?
0: The university is a university that provides research. Um, it has higher degrees as well as undergrad. The Polytechnic is really about skills training. I suppose at its, um, to talk about it, it provides a lot of take courses as well as other foundation skills um, for our communities. We also, out of the polytechnic, provide bed-in schools as well as some VCE um, level VCE level qualifications.
1: So, if there's a lower end of the higher tertiary, is that where this sits? Is that have I have I got that right in my mind?
0: Um, I wouldn't call it the lower end of tertiary because we do see a number of um, people who have completed a bachelor's degree wanting something like a short, sharp skill set or oh, okay. qualification. So, for instance, cyber. So it's basically um, people coming into the system. they may have been working for many years and might have find they're retrenched and they need perhaps a qualification or some new skills training um, as well as students who might pathway into university. but we do see a lot of people coming back.
1: The uh, the short courses and the skills and job uh, part of it um, uh, tell us a little, give us a little more detail on on how they operate.
0: Well, we have um, a Victorian government initiative. It's um, a state government initiative called the Skills and Jobs Centre where we we provide everyone in the community with free, expert and impartial advice on training and job opportunities. We work in line with government priorities to provide quality assistance to a number of cohorts including the trench workers, youth, unemployed, long-term, short-term, apprentices, prospective students, parents returning to work, people from a cultural or linguistically different background or people with a disability. And we work with them to try and help them engage either directly into the workforce or provide them with referrals that might give them learning support, counselling, education, as well as we try and paint a picture of the options through skills training that they can undertake to get their jobs we also have short courses to help those people. Now, because it's a Victorian government initiative, it's not necessarily we're recruiting students for Victoria University. It may go through our network of other skills and job centres or um, into local connections with employers who have got job opportunities. So we feel that it's a really important part of our um, moral pathway to provide this service to to prospective students and people in the community.
1: That sounds like a, a network with an awful lot of tentacles uh, involved in it.
0: It, it is. It's, it's one of the delights I have. I oversee it, and we've got some terrific people in there. We also have, um, I'll call it um, an apprenticeship support officer. And as you can imagine, apprenticeships, particularly at this time, are fraught with um, a number of The complexities brought upon by COVID. So we have a dedicated apprenticeship support officer who talks to employers as well as apprentices and prospective apprentices and just tries to help navigate the course, particularly during this time. Uh,
1: The challenges of that, um, uh, obviously not insurmountable, but certainly um, uh, something we've all had to take on in in whatever walk of life you're in. But has it been uh, particularly hard in some of the areas uh, that you're involved in?
0: Yes, uh, we have a number of tailored workshops and we've actually put onto our um, our offerings COVID-19 and your career because we recognise that now with the disruption with COVID, it's disrupted and interrupted a number of um, people's careers or pathways. So we're now taking that into account and we're also assisting with providing skills or scanning the markets to where to from now as well as looking at what the Victorian government is offering in terms of them opening up or where they think they'll open up with working for Victoria or free tape courses. So we're facilitating that piece of information to our communities where we know a lot of people have been affected. They're perhaps not sure what is going to happen next. So we've actually flexed our services to try and accommodate The disruptions that have been brought about by COVID,
1: and I guess there's an immediate sort of uh, uh, need to fill there, and there's also a a longer term uh, part of that where a lot of people are going to be readjusting and reassessing where they sit in the job market.
0: It's it's a confronting time for many people. The state government, as well as part of my remit, we've come up with some short skill sets and training. Uh, We've just recently been putting infection control skill sets that the government will pay certain people who are eligible to undertake the training, so it helps them get back to work as the Victorian economy opens up. But we're also working with various community groups and uh, local councils just in terms of helping people think about a career, not just the next job, which obviously people need to think about, but it's the longer term planning and what do they need to um, skills or um, services that they need to actually build their career once we start coming out of COVID.
1: And, and the costing around those, how's that? Uh, because obviously everyone's you know looking at every single penny these days.
0: Well, the course and careers advice that's coming through from the Skills and Job Centre is paid for by the Victorian Government. Okay. So it's for anyone in the community who has a need to understand um, where they are. And as I've said, we've got a number of workshops that are running, um, so it's all by Zoom at the moment. And it's helping people make more informed choices about the training that they might be considering, and does that lead to jobs? We also have free tape. We offer free tape courses, which there's a lot of caveats on that. Um, and free tape is around um, the Victorian government paying substantially. Fees for people who are eligible to try, and They might still have to have um, some material fees, but we actually it's around getting people back to the workforce who are eligible.
1: Sounds like uh, in this time when a lot of people are uh, sort of sitting on their on their hands, not being able to do anything, that you guys are really busy.
0: They've absolutely run off their feet. Yeah. I think we're a bit of a, a secret that it was probably when times were good, we had a handful a handful with a number of clients, but I think now. This is one of the services that will help lead us out of this terrible situation because we are linking with a number of job networks, specialised recruitment agencies, learn locals and really trying to help the community in which we operate and A, get them back quickly to work with what training is available, where are the jobs, also to think more long term about where some of our community might end up wanting to work and how do they work towards that.
1: For someone like yourself who's travelled the world and uh, and been involved in uh, in many and different uh, parts of, of uh, sort of the education system and, the, and the, uh, the job area, this must be a really uh, both, I guess, challenging and satisfying time at the same, at the same uh, juncture.
0: Look, I'd like to draw upon my skills that I saw. I was in the States last year for three months and I was looking primarily at the role of public providers, mainly community colleges, which are, so there's a parallel with TAITS, and also better schools, as well as not-for-profits. And when you look at America, everything seems to be a thousand times more than Australia. So if we're talking um, community college or outreach, they have 10 times, 100 times more people. They also have amazing um, not-for-profits over there. But I'm sad to say that they've all been disrupted as well. So there is a network of people around the world trying to work out what, can a public provider do to support their community in which they operate and all our key stakeholders to actually work with that community to create jobs and also then develop skills that will meet those jobs.
1: Given how frantically busy this this time has been for you, have you had a chance to have a look at what others are doing uh, internationally and learn anything from there or are we sharing what we're doing here with with, uh, overseas people as well?
0: Through my networks in the US, we're, we're sharing some things because there's a number of policy things uh, settings that are taking place and how we respond as well. What, what is lovely is I've met a community of practice of people who are very committed to this sector. They're not walking away. Um, and they're really trying to come up with scenarios that are practical and pragmatic and will help people either find jobs or to gain the right skills to position themselves for those jobs. As well as, as I mentioned, people in our skills and job centre are really working hard to try and help people um, with their personal and professional skills. They may acquire the discipline or the technical skills and come out with a certificate, but helping them access employment through development of a number of skills that may not be taught in the certificate, but will help set them up for their career.
1: Louise, what's the what's the major way that people come to you, and under what circumstances do do they find you?
0: With the skills and jobs centre, uh, some of it's referrals that are through a network. We do put um, we've put a little website which I can find the address and give it to you. Yeah. Um, we get referrals from other skills and jobs centres through the Victorian government. Our teachers refer prospective students to us if we are holding information sessions for prospective students. Um, We have a presence there and uh, we hope that people will find us. I'll give you the web address for students or prospective students because there are a number of resources. We've been doing a lot of filming with our manager, Catherine, who's been doing a lot of filming and filming some of her workshops and her tips and advice. So it's sjc at... V-u.edu.au. So that stands for skills and job centre at v-u.edu.au. And
1: uh, the the age range, is it is it from VCE leavers uh, right through?
0: It's for anybody um, from probably 16 years old who's considering leaving school and their parents right through to anyone that is looking for course and career advice. And as you can imagine, in our community, it's not necessarily all skill leavers. There are people who are mature in their age um, that have perhaps recently found themselves needing to change or wanting to change. We're seeing a lot of mature people who perhaps, um, unfortunately, their employer um, has closed down or is closing them down. So we're seeing a lot of people, which we always have done, to help them find a way and get the right career advice. So it's all ages and so we have a number of resources depending on what life stage and also career stage they're, they're in so we can tailor our advice for them.
1: Uh, you work in a, a number of other uh, portfolios within the uh, within uh, the Polytechnic. Uh, take us through a couple of those and, and where you sit with them at the moment or is, is the uh, the short course and the skills and job centre pretty much your focus at the, at the minute?
0: No, I'm across a number of other things. Um, that's only the short courses are really um, for the Skills and Job Center, but we are working with industry to develop short courses for some of their staff. We have a dedicated short course manager and a portal where if people are looking for professional development, because they're currently employed, but they are finding they need some professional development, it might be on Things like that. we've just recently finished some uh, management and leadership training, yep. social media awareness training. So we do that on a fee for service basis. We also are very involved in trying to develop what we call new programs that are meeting new markets. So it might be around cybersecurity, which is um, and some of those information technology courses because we see them as vital for people moving on. They're available. Some of them may be eligible for free tape, so the government will pay for their training fees and there will still be a material fee, as well as some other training that people might like to undertake if they're considering a career change. So I'm across a lot of them um, and trying to find the right channel so we can help our communities to uptake their new skills.
1: Jeez, it's massive. And then your business development, obviously, on, on top of that as well.
0: I've got a terrific team, I'm pleased to say, and they're working hard in markets. And, you know, as we said, we've all had to change our practice, so we're all doing it via Zoom um, as much as we'd like to meet people face-to-face. But we are running a number of initiatives with industry to try and understand what they see the skills are short and longer term and what we can do um, to either find people with those skills or to come up with training that will support those skills and promote that through the community to undertake.
1: Louise, given the cross-section of people that you're dealing with from, from business, very high-end business down to people who have you know lost their jobs and trying to work out what they're going to do and, and maybe do a short course here or or get some uh, job assistance, uh, is, is there a feeling of positivity kind of coming through all that or is it just are we meeting the challenges, resilient human beings or how, how have you seen uh, the way people are attacking that?
0: Well, what we're seeing is the number of I'd say innovations in business. Some people have changed their business models and the ways of operating. And to me, that's quite a pleasing outcome. So that means there are new business models occurring. So obviously, there's new skills um, or new roles emerging. So that's that's the positive I'm trying to take away. Obviously, COVID um, has had a devastating effect on the community and we're still I I hope these are the darkest days and we will soon be coming out of this Stage 4 lockdown. But the the positivity of my team and particularly the leadership of the Polytechnic really shows that um, we're leaning in and we are hoping that what we're doing now sets people up in good stead as Victoria starts to emerge from Stage 4.
1: What uh, what sort of uh, changes have there been uh, in the in the way you go about and the structure of the way you go about the Polytechnic? I mean, has the Zoom meeting thing been both a good thing and a bad thing?
0: It's an interesting thing. Uh, <laughs> I I'm, I started um, on the tenth of March, and I think it was probably two weeks later. The physical, we we're all shut down physically, yeah. so we had to go to Zoom. So I started a new job and hadn't met. Everyone, I've been lucky enough to have a morning tea with some of my team, so I had to really jump over into the Zoom portal because I wouldn't have been able to meet my team colleagues or some fantastic teachers um, who are teaching in during this time. So it's been an interesting time. The Polish has worked very hard on moving to remote learning, we didn't close down, we kept teaching we had to resequence a number of our courses just so people could do Zoom at home with our teachers. And then we were trying to keep a number of the programs that require a physical presence um, coming into campus under very strict COVID restrictions, so, so social distancing, lots of hand hygiene. It, it, so the class, the classrooms were almost empty, but we were adhering to that. So we have kept going. And again, that's quite inspiring from our teaching staff and all the administration staff who have been able to keep that going. Whilst I thought it was very trying no one gave up, we just kept going and even though it has been difficult, um, I I find that quite inspiring that we just kept, we have to get these people into the classrooms um, practicing their their hand tools, whatever they were studying their allied health programs, some of the uh, paramedics we have to keep them because there's a shortage in this area and um, they just kept going and they did it really well.
1: Yeah, so some things you just can't do remotely, isn't there? There's just, there's just a certain percentage of things you actually have to do hands-on.
0: You have to do hands-on and that's part of our quality uh, requirements and part of our re- regulatory requirements. So we came up with how would we do it and, and do it in a safe way being mindful of the COVID uh, restrictions. So we were very strict about who could come onto campus and how long they were there. Lots of the social distancing, the hand hygiene. But I was pleased to say, and I was supervising one of the campus buildings for a little time there, overseeing teaching. And everyone was terrific in abiding by the COVID regulations, but all giving it a go. And we were seeing people coming through
1: the the ability to modify your programs and the ability to be flexible uh, in the way you go about the operation that's that's obviously uh, a great testament to the to the people you have working with you.
0: Yeah, and it's it's I've got a little team, but this is a credit to the poly, the leadership, and all the staff. Who you know, some of them may be a little bit sceptical at the start, but we've all been able to lean in, and it's it's been trying and Zoom has been an asset. Plus, I, I suppose. We're now thinking: How do we make sure that we maintain Zoom, but not let it defeat us in terms of everyone's on Zoom all day, every day? <laughs> but it, it's a it's a terrific culture with people who I think probably need to be called out because I find it all very inspiring.
1: From a from a team leader point of view, what uh, what have you taken out of uh, being with a new team, obviously too, uh, and and doing it with that dynamic of the Zoom thing, rather than them sitting down in the office with you and you being able to read their body language and all those things that you're able to do when you when you do have that one on one sort of or even group situations.
0: Um, that's a good question. We ran a couple of sessions about two weeks ago about connect because. We were worried that um, as a leadership team that a number of the team, the staff were being quite fatigued and quite challenged and out of their comfort zone delivering training in new ways that um, all of us, it, it, all of a sudden happened. It hadn't been planned or um, built up. So we ran, some, we ran some sessions where we let people reset their teaching materials and to connect. And the connect piece was connecting their students and staff. And we did some word um, bubbles on, the, on during Zoom and we were asking people about what does Connect mean to you? And I found it quite, my responses were quite different now than perhaps six months ago, February, where if someone had said, what does Connect mean to you? What it really now means, which is really connecting with your staff and the communities in a really authentic way and going out of your way to reach people and make sure you're getting two-way feedback. Whereas in in the past, perhaps you just bump into people in the tea room when you're on campus and say hi, but you really go out of your way to to really make that connection and make it authentic. And what was amazing was people were sharing stories of themselves. They were sharing skills. We had people playing the guitar and demonstrating yoga. We had all sorts of people really genuinely saying we care for each other and help, want to get through this. And so we really learnt, have learned a lot more about each other during COVID than perhaps I would have in um, six months if I'd been physically in the office with the team and the whole poly staff.
1: I must feel you full of optimism that you've seen such a terrific effort from your team in, in very trying and challenging times for what it will be like working with them when hopefully things are back to what we lovingly call normal.
0: Well, I look forward to meeting some of them in person because I haven't (laughs) met them all. Uh, So it's going to be recognising them um, because I've only seen them in Zoom meetings. So um, it's going to be interesting for me because I'd only been there two weeks and now I've seen people in Zoom and I've seen, you know, I know they've got dogs or kids running around in the background. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's going to be quite, I'm looking forward to it because I've got this, Perceived views because I've seen inside their lives to an extent or their house, yeah. and to see them back on campus, I think I've broken through um, and got a better, un- a deeper understanding more quickly in six months than it might have taken me six years.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's a really interesting, and uh, I mean, it's challenging, but it's also in many ways uh, kind of uh, refreshing.
0: It is, and I think what's been great is. Overall, there's been a, probably a quiet momentum that have kept things going. So on days where perhaps you're thinking this is, this is a very hard way to start a job or this is a very hard way to run this project, you, you're sort of surrounded by people who are having little successes and breakthroughs all the time. So it's pleasing to see that there, there's always somebody that's achieving something and you think, well, you know, let, let's keep going.
1: We're all in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. SJC at VU.edu.au is that, uh, is that website you talked about uh, for the uh, the Skills and Job Centre? Hey, Louise. Thanks so much yes, for your is. time. Uh, it's been a uh, obviously a, a six month initiation you weren't expecting, but um, there's a, a lot of good about it. It's
0: it's been um, it's been very challenging, but I think very uh, very rewarding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for your time and having a chat with us here on the Talking Windham podcast.
0: Thank
1: you. Well, thanks to Louise. Fantastic to spend some time and find out more about Victoria University's Polytechnic, and of course uh, the details uh, of that uh, of the courses and uh, the. Uh, Uh, the Skills and Job Centre that we were talking about, sjc at vu.edu.au. Please have a look at that. Uh, You'll you'll definitely find something in there that will be of interest to you. Uh, And we thank once again Victoria University for their support in uh, putting this edition of the Talking Windham podcast together. Victoria Uni, of course. We mentioned that uh, diversity is one of their strengths. Uh, They've got very diverse perspectives identities, cultural backgrounds, all welcomed uh, and encouraged at uh, Victoria University. They actually... uh, Their motto is to strive to foster a welcoming and inclusive environment where all students and staff are respected, valued and enabled to thrive. There's not a lot wrong with that, is there? Uh, If that's your mantra, uh, you're not doing a lot wrong. Inclusive rather than exclusive. That's Victoria University. My thanks once again to Louise Robinson for her time today. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. Don't forget to check us out on uh, Spotify, iTunes, all those, uh, and Apple, and you'll be able to find back episodes of uh, of some fascinating people and uh, things that are going on in the city of Wyndham. Stay safe. Take care. Until the next time, this has been the Talking Wyndham podcast with thanks to the Committee for Wyndham and Victoria University.
0: Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.